Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where reclaiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our businesses. Remembering that our businesses are so important at this time. I'm the creatrix of this blogcast, the Biz Bruja herself, Vanessa Codornu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, clinical hypnotist, energy healer, and soul biz mentor and coach. An Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides creatives, intuitives, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world powerfully. Hello, everyone. Bienvenidos. I am so excited to be here today. But one of my favorite, favorite people, she is just... She is exactly who she shows up as, a woman who is filled with integrity, filled with love, with compassion, and with great service while also respecting her own self-care and her own boundaries in her own life. Everyone, please welcome Joanna Benavides. Thank you for having me, Vanessa. So excited to be on with you. I'm so, I love you so much and I'm so excited to have you and I didn't even know that I was going to say that in the intro, that you are exactly who you show portray yourself to be. I feel like you're so authentic. You're so full of integrity. You're transparent and real. And you stand up for women and stand up for your clients and your community and our, our comunidad um, for our self-care, for our boundaries, for our self-compassion. Um, and that is something that like, I think we need more of. So thank you for the work that you're doing. Uh, I can't wait for this conversation and just know that I love you. (laughs) (laughs) I love you too. Um, So folks, I met Joanna, I think online, but also we have people in common. Janelle was just on the, on the podcast too. And um, we're working together and She's really like the person, the type of healer and the type of professional that I love to work with because she's coming in, you've come in with already a path, with already your healing journey and like, let's go, what's next? And so I want to ask you for, actually, first I want to read the bio. I was going to get into the interview because I'm like, I want to know, but let's read the bio because I want everybody to know. And then I want to get to know the things that I don't know about you and share with you with the world. Joanna Benavides offers a range of services with the intent of helping you find your way back to self-love. Her goal is to help you reconnect with yourself through yoga, vibrational sound therapy, and different energy healing modalities. All of Joanna's yoga and energy healing work touches on the physical, vibrational, and emotional aspects of yourself. The physical practice is a chance to explore connection to yourself. The vibrational level is a way for you to connect to your emotions and move energy in the body. And the emotional level allows you to explore growth. All sessions with Joanna are a way way to come home to yourself. Joanna is a first generation of daughter of parents from Ecuador and Nicaragua. As a mother of two, her path to self-discovery was set in motion more than 13 years ago. Her practices have formed the foundation of reconnecting and reclaiming her ancestral roots. Joanna is a 500-hour registered yoga teacher with specializations in prenatal and fertility yoga, has completed meditation teacher trainings, 
is a certified Usui Reiki master, crystalline conscious technique practitioner, and has completed several sound healing trainings over the years. We will find out how to get in touch with her later. This is amazing. Can you take me back to 13 years ago? What what brought you on the self-healing and this path of understanding that self-love is important for yourself and for others? Yeah, so... 13 years ago, I was working at a small nonprofit in Washington, D.C., where they worked on the issue of human trafficking. I, um, it was my first real job, right? And because I was so passionate about the topic, just like everyone else that worked there, we all really did work a lot. We worked really hard and we heard, you know, stories that were having an impact on us executive leadership was like, we need you guys to take care of yourselves. And one of their forms of self-care was they brought in yoga teachers where they, it was donation-based. They literally moved the conference table aside and we did yoga. Around the same time, I was thinking about this earlier today and I hadn't quite, I've never quite made this connection. I was also starting to connect with my body in a different way around the same time. I was on a on a self-care weight loss journey. Cause I have always, it's something that I've struggled with since I was little and um, yoga came right at the time that I was also starting to kind of peel back the layers of what I was carrying with me physically, emotionally, all of it. And I'll never forget that first class we were in the, in the conference room and I could not follow the class. I could not follow the cues. I couldn't follow the teacher because I was in my head so much. And I kept thinking like all of the different questions that were coming to mind were like, am I doing this right? Do I look dumb? Am I like, I don't have the right body to be doing these kinds of things. Is this like, what am I doing wrong? The entire time we, you know, we get to the end of the class and they put us in the final resting pose I think they could tell we really needed it. So they put us in um, legs up against the wall. If you've ever done that, you know that that is one of the quickest ways to just allow your body to melt. And I felt something in that final resting pose in Shavasana where all the tension and stress that I've been holding on to like dissipated from the body. And that is what I started chasing. I started hopping around from studio to studio whenever I could get out um, for a lunch break or right after work would end, I would go find a studio that I could go practice in. And so 13 years ago, it was like my first real job, but my first real job was a really heavy topic that we were working on. And that was um, my first aspect of like leaning into, all right, my body is carrying stuff that I don't even know or have the words to put, to put against this. But when I would move my body, when I would go through the motions of doing a physical practice at the very end, I started to realize like there's more to this. And I started chasing that Shavasana feeling of relaxation through the practice. And so that was about 13 years ago. And then it wasn't until I was pregnant with my first daughter. It was about a year after my grandmother had passed the first real death I had ever experienced in my life of someone close to me. And I was sitting in a prenatal class and I'll never forget, I was taking the class with a cousin of mine and one of the um, first weeks we did a visualization. Imagine someone who is never going to meet your child holding your baby. 
I was the puddle of tears. I was a complete mess. And I looked over um, at the end of that visualization. I looked at my cousin and we both knew that we had called in Mamita, like for Mamita to hold our babies. That's what we called my grandmother. And that was like another door had opened from the physical practice into more of a spiritual practice of realizing I could use this practice to kind of explore other parts of me that I hadn't ever touched on in like a facilitated way. I've always had this extra sense, right? Since I was a kid, I was always very empathic and I could see and hear things that I didn't know how to, you know, talk to anyone about it. And this was like another door opening up for me. So yoga was like my first stepping stone into understanding my body, but also starting to lean more into the spiritual side of my connection to the universe. I love that so much. And I can imagine you were in a puddle of tears because it's so, it's so poignant and it's so intense to imagine someone that you love so much, right? Holding your child. And that's really beautiful. And, and what an incredible, I think yoga and also healing through the body. It's not just the body. You're accessing your emotions, your mind, your body, your spirit, and your soul. How did you start to focusing on self-love or when did you notice, right? Because we all have like different focuses or different experiences. How did you know that that was really important for you? I think it's always been really important, but I didn't actually start putting like a framework around it until recently. Um, I, during the pandemic, I was pregnant. I found out I was pregnant literally right before everything shut down and I had to lean on the tools that I had to kind of put my fears and everything aside, right? And the longer that I kind of stayed in this place, I had really bad anxiety during the pandemic. Um, I was, you know, very afraid of getting sick because I was at that point, I was just coming out of my first trimester of being pregnant everything that I was being fed through the practice that I was going to for, um, my prenatal, uh, my prenatal, um, healthcare was very fear driven is at least the feeling that I got every time I got an email, it was like, it felt like the world was on fire. Cause it was, um, but it just added a different level. Cause they were constantly changing the policies for the hospital. They were constantly changing, um, when you could be seen and who could attend appointments with you, you know, for the first six months, um, I had to go to those appointments by myself. And I think I was actually only seen by a practitioner in person once to, excuse me, to confirm the pregnancy. And then at the 20 week ultrasound. And, um, I wasn't even sure if if Dennis, my husband was going to be able to be there for that appointment. And that added a whole different layer of stress to all of it. And so, the more that I was sitting in that place of fear and anxiety, I kept telling myself, Joanna, you have these years of practice. And I think it's, it was perfect timing the way that everything kind of found its way into my life. Like literally before everything had shut down, I had already gone through my yoga teacher training. I had gone through sound healing trainings. I had gone through, um, Reiki training, like I had a a variety of tools in my tool set, but I was having a hard time accessing them for myself. And 
you know, fast forward to the point where I have my daughter and I went into really, you know, really bad postpartum anxiety. It was like heightened. And I remember one day it was, I was having a conversation with my husband, kind of telling him like how bad it felt. And it was in that moment, like when we were talking about it, I knew that I needed, something needed to change, something needed a shift. And um, I sought out help because it was the pandemic. There was a long wait list to get with anyone. And I kind of had to, I don't want to say figure it out on my own because I had access to resources and I used them as best as I could. But a part of it was also recognizing like to give myself grace and compassion for everything that I had just gone through and to really learn to love myself in a different way. Self-love can be from the physical aspect of, yes, I'm nourishing my body. I'm taking care of myself. I'm moving my body so that I have an outlet for this energy that's building up in me. But from an emotional standpoint, it was also just coming to terms with being okay with not being like, I had to accept that I needed help. And in our community, you know, you don't say you're going to therapy or that you need help. Um, and that was a hard one for me to accept that I, 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 there was nothing fundamentally wrong with asking for help. And I thank God I had um, an amazing doula who actually does a lot of work with me now. Um, Brenda Amaya, she is an amazing doula. She was a great resource for me to have early on in my pregnancy. And then after um, in my postpartum. And so self-love really, it, it started 13 years ago, but it didn't really start to take the shape that it is now up until, you know, within the last three years where I really did have to sit with this, this notion of, I care about myself so much. I love myself so much that I'm willing to ask for help when I need it. And that is that's hard to do sometimes yeah. in the way that we're conditioned that you have to be strong. You have to figure it out. And especially in our community, like I was saying, like to say that you need to seek therapy is not always received the best or something that we just don't even talk about, like yes. not even talked about. And it's so sad because the first time I went to therapy was 23 years ago. And as even though my, like my mom was a journalist in Argentina and <clears throat> she believed in healing techniques she sometimes thought therapist is just an ear you pay you know es una oreja que te escuche, right and so like you're strong you don't need that but I just went because I'm like I know I have childhood trauma <laughs> and I know I have dysfunction that's showing up now in codependence in my relationship you know 23 years ago and I need help and you're absolutely right because I didn't remember too many people that I knew going to therapy then now I know a lot of people in our community Especially, I would say in the cities like New York City, like therapies, you know, everybody's doing it. I would say in central PA, people have told me here that who need it, I'm like, go. And they're like, well, you know, it's not something that you like casually tell people. I'm like, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Like, why don't you tell anyone? So, but it, but in our community specifically, I think that there's pressure on us that we have to do it by ourselves, that we can do it. Don't be, you're not loca. I mean, I've heard that before. You know, you're not exactly. crazy. What's wrong with you? Don't have loca. You're not crazy. What are you doing? You know, and we need to not use that word because it's shaming people for whatever mental health situations that they're having, et cetera. And we're not, we're not in control of our depression or anxiety. 
this is something that's working through us. And so I'm so glad that you shared that because there's still a problem even now, right? I started 23 years ago, I came back and then we're still dealing with different pockets of parts of our community that are suffering that way. What would you say to somebody who's listening now? I think that you did tell us a little bit if, if their family's not on board or, you know, and somebody in nuestra comunidad, somebody in our community that they're thinking of it, like I'm having postpartum or I don't feel right. What would you say to them? Find that person that you can confide in, that you feel safe sharing that with. And as hard as it might be, or as hard as it's going to feel to like raise the flag and say, I can't do this on my own. I need help. It's really daunting. You know, I did that immediately. And there was, I want to say it was an eight, eight to 12 week wait list. And I reached out to different places because I also knew that I wanted someone who had cultural competency, someone who looked like me, someone who understood the dynamics that I was operating within. And that was really hard to find for me here. I'm in, I'm right outside of Washington, D.C., And eventually I found a network to to get connected with, but finding that person that you can confide in and then as uncomfortable as it's going to be, reaching out because you might be surprised at the person that lands in your lap that is going to be the one that helps you walk through and talk through all of the things that you've kind of been holding on to. Thank you so much. I feel like folks who needed to hear that, I hope that you are opening your heart and receiving It is really important for us to be seen and heard. And maybe this is the generation where maybe the shame or the fear hopefully gets transformed, right? To understand that we deserve it and that therapy and support is here for all of us, right? And there has to be, there are also accessible places. I know that not everyone has healthcare, but there are accessible programs now. I've seen it on I think it's Latinx social work. I've seen it on um, Latinx therapy online and IG. So if you are out there and you're like, um, maybe I don't have healthcare right now, maybe I'm out of a job, et cetera, um, make sure to not give up and look for places that either have multi-tiered paying, like different sliding scale, or even people who are where there are foundations or nonprofits that have even free counseling because it exists. So thank you for sharing that. I think it's so important. The other thing that I would add in too, is that don't settle because I, what the first time that I reached out and I was like, fine, just put me with whoever, like whoever can see me, like I'll talk to them. And I knew within the first five minutes, I was like, wait, I take that back. (laughs) This person is not for me. (laughs) They're not going to understand me. And so I respectfully declined and moved on to the next. So don't be afraid to also, there was also a part of me that was afraid to do that, right? Of like, there's this this undertone of, I have to be polite. I like, they're helping me through this. And I was like, no, this is not gonna, this is not gonna, this is gonna add more stress to what I'm already feeling. And so I I started the search all over again, which set me back some time, but you know, I've I've landed with an amazing therapist and, um, and I'm in a much better place now. I love that. Thank you so much. And that's so important to say, because the whole thing with aguantar to put up with that we do as Latinas in our culture to just put up with. And I think across cultures, 
may not you be using that word, but women are trained to put up with things and be polite and people please and survive by taking care of other people's feelings and taking care of other people that you really have to get what's right for you, what's aligned for you. As Joanna said, if you're not comfortable, just keep on the search. It's true. And I want to add something to that. Um, I've heard a lot of complaints to people coming to work with me that they felt like they were talking and talking and talking and talking for years and years, but they didn't feel like they were being carried through a process. I remember when I first went to the therapist and I was like, I saw that you do hypnosis, that you do EMDR, or you do EFT. Do you, I know you're trained in it. Do you actually use it in your sessions? Because there are a lot of people who do a lot of trainings, but they don't actually use it in their sessions. I have found out through time. And when she said yes, I took it and she used it on me. And EMDR has been really important for healing of trauma that I was carrying. So it's okay to be like, oh, I saw in your bio or on your listing that you do this, this, and this. Do you use it in your sessions? You know, it's okay to ask these questions because in the end of the day, you want to be informed as well. And I don't, and I think that a lot of us kind of surrender ourselves to it because it's so hard to even just get there that then we're there. We're like, just do what you want with me. But also we have to ask questions and, and find out a little more. Um, but I love that you brought this up. So in the last three years, your self-love focus has grown even clearer and sharper. What made you decide to call your retreats, right? Or to include the word self-love to make that a focus in your work? Yeah, so I have a very strong connection to the dream world for me. I've learned to listen to my dreams over the years um, for a variety of reasons. But about two years ago, I had just started doing retreats and I had led my first one. And I remember I was sitting, uh, I, I had just, you know, I had woken up, I had, had a dream and I had had a dream about cacao. And I remember thinking, oh, that's interesting. And then I went and I was doing, um, I went with my husband on a trip to Mexico and I saw that they were hosting a cacao ceremony. I was again, oh, that's interesting. That's what I just had in my dream recently. And um, I come back from that trip and I had another dream and I kept getting led and hearing in the dream self-love. And the more that I sat with it, the more it started to unfold. And so I led my first um, self-love retreat last summer in the summer of 2022 in Tulum, Mexico. And it was beautiful. It was, it was one of these things where, you know, everyone came, we gathered, there was a strong connection to the land that I was not honestly was blindsided. I was not anticipating that the night that we arrived and actually, I don't know if this has been your experience, um, Vanessa with your retreats, but I was going, I was reflecting through my journal today I've only led four retreats so far, right? I have my fifth one coming up in November. Um, but every night, the first night of my retreats, there's always rain. The element of water always makes their way in. And um, the first, that that first night that we were there, you know, it was hot. It was humid. It was like everyone had just traveled in. We had spent the entire day traveling. And as we're doing the opening circle, the thunder, the lightning and the rain. And I just remember feeling held and thinking like, yes, Joanna, you're doing exactly what you're learning to listen to your intuition. You're learning to listen to the messages that are coming through. 
and taking the messages that are being received through these dreams, through downloads and meditations and putting it into action. And so I always have to remind myself like to give myself more credit for where I'm at in this current journey of learning to really listen to what are the messages that are coming through and having the discernment on when to take action on them. So um, I started offering the retreats. Uh, I just wrapped up the second self-love retreat and I'm thinking through dates and possibilities for 2024. Um, But the self-love retreat will be a staple for sure in years moving forward. I love that so much. And you got me thinking now about rain. I mean, there's always rain at some point. I don't know that it's when I got, when I get there, like, I don't think Peru and Mexico, there was rain when I got there, but there was rain at some point. And I love rain. Like I go to sleep to rain, uh, thunderstorm sounds. So Mm. no, I I think that it's beautiful. And each and every one of us also has our own uh, inner landscape, nuestro lenguaje, our own language and our relationship to symbols. I love that you listen to your dreams. When did that begin? Like that connection to your dreams? Is it, It's always been there? It's always been there, but I didn't recognize it as an adult um, until I was, until actually about 13, 13 years ago, um, 12 years ago, actually. Or no, what are we in? 2023. Yeah. Um, 10 years ago, um, my grandmother passed away and um, my mamita lived far away from me. So she was in North Carolina and I lived here in DC. And I remember it was a a Friday night going into a Saturday and I dreamt that I was in the house that I would go to a lot as a child, which is actually right down the street from where I live now. And I saw her in bed and I saw my aunt, my Thea on one side, my cousin on the other, and they're giving her a kiss on the cheek. And I knew that she was passing I had lunch the next day with my mom at a restaurant and I remember telling her about it. And I saw this look of fear in her face that I kind of dismissed. Cause I was like, it was just a dream. Like, it's not going to be like, but it was just a dream. And she told me adamantly call mamita, make sure she's okay. And I did it. I heard from my mom, like three days later on a Wednesday, she was like, it's not looking good. Mamita's in the hospital. You need to drive down there. I arrive And I lost it because as I walk into the hospital room, my Thea on one side, my cousin on the other, giving her a kiss. And I ran out the room crying. And my husband, I had told him, he knew, he knew the dream that I had had. And he knew that I was worried about that the whole drive up because we drove through the night to get there. And I went into this um, room that they had on the side. It was like a room for like family members to to wait. And I, I'm convinced that this woman was an angel that was there to give me a message because I don't, to this day, I still don't know who she was waiting for, but she was just sitting there in a rocking chair. And I was sitting in one of the couches across from her. And she gave me this message about divine timing and giving ourselves grace. And I don't, I wish I had written down what she said exactly because I couldn't quite process what it was. But that night I went home or not home. I went to, my mom was like, you need to leave. We've been up for 24 hours. Um, go home, go back to your room, go take a shower. And I fell asleep and I had a dream that I was at in a garden at a gate. And all of a sudden I saw this bright light and, um, this bright light came through as I walked through the gate and they showed me flowers they were these beautiful yellow roses. And 
I woke up because the phone was ringing next to me and my sister was on the other end of the phone saying, Mamita just passed. And I knew she had come to me in the dream for that. And I, it was a lot for me to take in, right? Because I'm grieving the death of my grandmother, but I'm also piecing together like she warned me and she had done it before in the past. She had done it um, a couple years prior. She had had some, uh, she had had a stroke and had been in the hospital and she came to me in a dream and she came out of that stroke, right? But I had told her, I was like, you know, you came to me in a dream. She was cooking in the kitchen and she was showing me how to cook. And there were, I remember clearly seeing her hands and she told me, she was like, that's because that's how I talked to you. And I remember looking at her back then, right. And telling, like, thinking like, what is she talking about? Like, what does she know that she's not telling me? And she was like, no, I'm telling you that that's how I communicate with you. <laughs> I remember thinking, I was like, okay. Um, but then when all of this happened a couple of years later, it took time, right. For me to actually receive the fact that yes, you have to listen to the dreams that are coming through to you because it's almost like that thin veil, right? Of where you are going into dreamland, but you're also receiving messages. And it took me a long time to be okay with that. And now I get excited. We talk about our dreams all the time at my house. Like the first thing my youngest, the, the two-year-old will ask me, she'd be like, mommy, what did you dream about? And so we talk about our dreams because I want it to be, I know that my girls are gifted and that we all carry this innate intuition within ourselves and I want it to be harnessed for them. And so if I can do something to remove the fear out of that so they can start to learn to listen and to understand, then that just makes me feel so much better. I love that. I love that. I love that so much. I'm so glad I asked that question. Um, yeah, we grew up with the sueños, like, mm-hmm. oh, what did you have? we'd sit around and discuss it. It was normal. And it was good, but I know that a lot of people didn't. And I'm so glad that you're creating that with your family. That is so important because it just allows you to relax and understand that spirit speaks to us in different ways and we don't have to be afraid of it, right? But mm-hmm. it's, a natural, it's an organic, it's a natural um, birthright. I feel like intuition and connection with the spirit world is really our birthright. So, yes. And I love that your husband is totally uh, like on board because... I guess, was he always on board or is it that you've told him things and then he's seen them come true? And then he's like, oh, let me just believe now. Yeah. I mean, I think he's always been open, but I think over the years, as things have unfolded where I'm like, I have a sense about this or I have a feeling where he doesn't question it. Um, And he does. I mean, I like to think that he believes me because he's seen it with his own two eyes. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that he's always been very open about. And I'm I'm just grateful that I have that outlet here in my, like literally in my house. So that when I am having a moment and I'm like, I need to talk to you because I'm having this feeling, like I need to just talk it out with someone. And so I know that I'm extremely grateful to have someone like that who is so close to me. Like at, we've known each other forever. <laughs> We've been together forever. Um, so it's just really helpful to have that kind of support, especially the more that I lean into what I'm doing on the Luna Serenity side of my life of really trying to grow and expand that and really lean into what are these gifts that I have and to not be afraid of them. And I really do credit a lot of the shifts that I've had just even in the last five months to the work that we've been doing together because there were, I've been afraid to kind of talk about it, to share it to the extent that I'm starting to talk about it as freely. um, Because that wasn't always the case, but yeah. 
I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be a part of your journey. And that is it. Like even somebody like I was reading people at 16, I still was afraid to talk about it. Hmm. Like even if we're already, you've embraced your dreams, but maybe you don't want to share it. And because we have a longstanding history of our people and our people are mixed people, right? We have indigenous, we have African, we have Middle Eastern, we have European. All of those parts were at some point killed, hacked, hung, burnt, you know, anybody who's intuitive or a medicine person who was just connecting to nature or using nature to help heal um, suffered at some point in time. And so it's within us. So I'm honored to just be here and support you and see you shine. And I just love everything that you're up to. I wanted to share, hmm, if somebody were to come to your retreat, what could they look forward to? What would they be experiencing? Yeah, so I offer two retreats right now. Um, one of them is the Luna Goddess Retreat, which is a weekend retreat. It's a Friday to a Sunday. And on that particular retreat, that one is has a very strong emphasis on leaning into rest and relaxation and what the beauty is that comes out of that. Like our ability to rest and to be gathered in community the sense of empowerment that we're able to feel like when we do take the time to rejuvenate ourselves. Um, that one's also, I, I love that there is this element that we I, I've done since the beginning. Um, this will be my third time hosting this retreat in the fall. I have Brenda, who I just mentioned, she's a photographer and a doula. She's a lot of things. Um, she's a very gifted photographer though. And so we do these empowerment photo shoots. They're like really many 10, 15 minute photo shoots but she has this way of making you feel like the most beautiful person in the world where you kind of start to shed the inhibition, any kind of like, I'm afraid to be in front of the camera kind of disappears. Right. And so, um, I haven't shared them in a while, but like I did, a sh I did them during the last one and the women that have done that, like they come out of the experience saying like everything from the weekend, led up to me feeling like I could and that I I am beautiful. And so um, on the Luna Goddess Retreat, there are um, sound baths, breathwork, meditation, empowerment photo shoot, but it's all happening in the span of a weekend. So it's like super consolidated. Um, the self-love retreat is a little bit longer and I'm still playing with what the time frame is going to be. The first one, I ran it for a week. The second one was four days. So I think the sweet spot might end up being five days for that retreat. But what we're doing in the self-love retreat is we're looking at all the ways that we can learn to love ourselves and how we deserve to also receive pleasure in our lives. And so I've teamed up with um, colleague and friend, Cindy Lukeen. She's um, at Pleasure to People on IG and TikTok. And um, she leads a workshop during that where we talk about pleasure. We talk about all the different ways that we have maybe been conditioned to not accept pleasure. And then we talk about like how, what are healthy communication styles that are going to allow us to get the pleasure that we're seeking in our lives with our partner or even unpartnered. And so that's a really cool workshop. And it's always um, interesting to see how they unfold with each group dynamic and on this most recent uh, self-love retreat, I had the pleasure of bringing Janelle. Janelle was there with me as well as a co-host. And she led the sensual belly dance class, which I had done belly dance a long time ago, um, probably around the same time I started doing yoga. But then there was no belly dance teacher, like the, the teacher I had disappeared. Um, 
and I like really missed it. And when Janelle started off that class, I know you had told me beforehand, you're like, man, she gets you going. You're going to sweat. You're going to be ringing. I was drenched in sweat before the work, before the, the warm up had even finished. And I was watching her in this zone of just like the way she moved her body and made you feel like you could move your body and that you were doing it in a way that was also peeling back the layers. So she had a stance with scarves during our session with her. And so it started off like where we were actually covering ourselves, right? I think I posted like one or two reels. I'm going to have to post more. Yep, exactly. Playing with where the veil is being shown and what parts of your body you're revealing with it. And um, what I loved about incorporating that element into the self-love retreat is that we were moving energy in our bodies in a different way. Yes, we're going to do yoga. Yes, we're going to do breath work and meditation and a lot of sound healing. But the sensual belly dance added a whole different layer of really feeling into the body. So we did the pleasure workshop in the morning where we talked all things pleasure. And then we went, we had lunch and we went right into the sensual belly dancing. And I loved the way that it kind of tied into each other because we were sitting there moving, you know, we're sitting there learning and then we moved our bodies and we're moving our bodies. And people came out of that saying like, you know, this is the session I was the most uncomfortable going. Like I signed up because I wanted to get out of my comfort zone and I knew that the belly dance was going to take me there. And the women that said that and the way that they were moving their bodies at the end, like Janelle had us go two by two, right? Down the entire dance floor. And she changed up the choreography for some of us, like as we were going down and I was like nervous, but then I started like, once you relaxed into it, it was like, I feel so powerful. I feel like I love the way that my curves look. I love the way that I'm able to move them. And I don't know. I've really loved it. So I, I'm in love with the retreat because I love participating, but also <laughs> facilitating, obviously. Um, so what you're going to receive with both of those, no matter what, though, is community. Um, it's the ability to be around other people who are ready to go on this journey. They're going to be at different points in their journey for sure. Some of them may not even realize that they need to be on the journey. Maybe someone dragged them there and they were like, um, <laughs> I didn't know that this is what I needed, but you know, now I'm going to kickstart my self-love journey. So that's just a little snippet. If people want more information, I post a lot of different reels kind of recapping, like, this is what you are going to feel when you come. And this is not just for you to like, yes, you're going to relax, but we're also going to do work like inner work. And when you're ready, we'll be there to catch you. Mm, I love that so much. And now I know that you've been working on bringing the energy of the in-person retreat online through your self-love program. So I would love for you to share more about that. Yes. So um, I am in the middle of finishing up. It's going to be an eight-week course and all around self-love. So just like you were saying, Vanessa, it's, it's really trying to capture the magic that happens within the container of a retreat online because not everyone can travel. Not everyone has the ability to take a week off from life um, or even a couple of days off from life to be able to go do that. And so what you're going to receive during um, this eight-week course, there will be a hybrid situation where we'll have an opening ceremony, we'll meet at the midway point, and then we'll also have 
a closing ceremony. And I'm bringing together all the different modalities that I kind of have within my tool set, right? So there will be um, different rituals in there. There's going to be meditations, journal reflections, and um, sound baths. I, I know I didn't talk about it that much yet here, but sound bath and sacred cacao have been one of the two strongest tools in my life to really help me. A beautiful red cardinal just landed right outside my window. Um have been a way for me to reconnect with myself. And I feel like the last 13 years, you know, we're on a journey, which means that you're constantly growing, but you also have these phases where you kind of have to hit the reset button sometimes. And so I'm taking all of the lessons that I've learned over the last couple of years with my own journey and trying to distill it into something that people can walk away with a a tool set, have meditations that they can lean on, that they have a way to start exploring different modalities for themselves, whether it be through how do you start your own practice with cacao or how do you use journaling as a way to kind of go a little bit deeper into what's maybe at the surface level for you right now. Um, But then there's also going to be other like lighthearted stuff in there as well, like different self-care rituals that can help ground you in the moment. Um, One of the biggest ones for me, week one, is going to be around Mother Nature. I think Mother Nature has the immense capacity to heal us. And if you are in the corporate world, which I currently am, you can spend the entire day tethered to your computer and literally not go outside and just get some fresh air. And so I, I spend time talking about like, how do you start to build this connection with Mother Nature? And for those of you that are maybe in the city where like you don't see trees that often, or there's going to be big patches of grass, like how do you start to foster that relationship? Um, I really do credit my connection with cacao as the reason why I've had this profound relationship, like a rekindling of a relationship of remembering, like, go outside. You loved being outside as a child. There is something so healing about just taking your shoes off and putting your feet in the grass, feeling the connection to the ground. I joke all the time. We, we don't have a high fence in our backyard, but I have this humongous oak tree. Right. And I tell my husband all the time, like, I just want to go out there. and hug the tree, but I don't want them to see me doing it. (laughs) So I'll go out there sometimes and I'll lean against it and I'll meditate or I'll put my hand against it just to feel the vibration. And again, that's even something I'm like trying to teach my daughters to not like bat an eyelash at, like to know that we can feel the connection of the energy through our hands. You can feel the connection just by like immersing yourself in mother nature and looking around and seeing the beauty and using that as a point of reflection of like, it's reflecting back to you, your own beauty. And so mother nature is a big part of my self-love journey too, that I haven't talked that much about on here, but it is something we'll go into, into a lot more depth um, during the course. And then something that I'm also offering as um, a precursor to that, I just set the date and time on August 27th, I'm going to be doing a free virtual self-love healing circle. So more information is available on my website at lunaserenity.com. It is completely free. I'll lead you guys through a practice, a sound bath as well. And then at the very end, I'll give you guys more information about 
the course so that if you are interested, you have a chance to get the details first because that's when everything will go live. I'm so excited for that. Oh my God. It's going to be amazing. I love it. I love it. And I can't let you go without asking like the questions that I love to ask my guests, right? Which is, you know, what are the ancestral patterns that you've had to work through, are working on, um, that have to have had to face in order to be who you are today? And what are the gifts that you've leaned into or that you've inherited, you feel you've inherited? Yeah. You know this by now, Vanessa, that I love to talk. Like once I start talking, sometimes I have to rein myself in. So I think (laughs) the the ones that um, come to mind, the first one that came to mind when you asked me that question initially was an ancestral pattern around visibility of being afraid to be seen in a different light than what I think I'm supposed to be seen in. Um, I know you know, for the longest time, I was checking the boxes of, you know, what do my parents need me to be? You know, they sacrificed so much to come here to this country. And I was the first one to go to college and graduate. I was the first one to go get my master's. I have, you know, I'm in the corporate world now. And at the same time, when I became a mother, I was drawn to really leaning into the spiritual side. And I've known that since I was a kid, like I was always drawn to like the mystery of, I don't want to say ghost stories, but like of knowing that there was more than what the eye sees, what I could feel. Cause you could feel, I like, I remember being hyper aware of like energy around me of just like walking into a room and knowing someone had just had an argument and it was because I could feel it. Like I could feel that energy hanging in the air. And so the visibility piece for me is something that I've, I will say it wasn't even until we did our hypnosis session. I don't remember the exact details, but I do remember the the past life that came through and it started to help me piece together. Like, yes, I know that is just one, but there are probably so many more in my in my past that um have kind of added to that but then also present life like i was saying the expectations that we think other people have around who we are and what we need to be like the stories that we create about what other people think we need to be um and a lot of that has been like shifting to what do i need to be because for the longest time, I was very resistant to even saying anything related to healing. Cause I was like, Oh, I don't know that I should say that. Like I haven't been doing it that long, but I also know what I know the experience that people are having when they come in and they have a session with me. I know that there is something that changes from the beginning of the session to the end of the session. And I was afraid of being seen in that light and afraid to put myself out there, um, you know, with, just even sharing content around it or even sharing with people that I knew, Oh, by the way, I'm also a yoga teacher and meditation teacher. And now I'm doing sound healing. Oh, I also do Reiki like that for me. Um, it took a while to get comfortable with saying like, I do have this other thing that I do. And that is, that's completely gone. Um, I used to feel like I couldn't be my whole self walking into a room. Whereas now I feel like I can with more ease, which I think is the most important part, talk about 
both sides of my life. Because yes, I am a marketing professional by trade, but I also have these other gifts that I'm learning to really harness to be able to have an impact on people that are coming to me for X, Y, or Z. Um, The other one that really was top of mind when we were um, initially talking about this was perfectionism was something that came up when we did one of our, our sessions. And I think I've done a lot of work over the last couple months, but even the last year of being okay with things not coming out perfect because like nothing's ever really perfect. Right. Yeah. It's like <laughs> give up perfection for progress, you know? Yeah. Yes. And I know you say that a lot. Um, and even my therapist says it to me all the time. It's like progress over perfection, like just start doing it. Otherwise you'll never, you'll be caught in that. Like what if forever, And that actually, you know, I had a moment in November of 2022, so a year ago, where I had this idea that I wanted to do a podcast, but then I started to tell myself all the stories of why I can or why I shouldn't. And then I sat down, I was like, forget that. I'm just going to do it. I have everything out anyways. I already have the microphone set up because I'm recording this for someone else, like for them to have like for their own personal files, I'm just going to record an intro and see what happens. And here I am now, like I've done, I'm on, I'm at the tail end of season two, where now I'm starting to welcome on different guests. And you were, you know, you were just on there a few weeks ago and perfectionism like has been something that also has dramatically shifted in the last couple of months since we did that session. Like there is, there is still sometimes fear, but not the way that it used to be of it holding me back. Like I had a friend who was telling me, they're like, you know, Joanna, you learn something and then you put it into action. Like I've seen how you do that and that's inspiring. And I I remember thinking, I was like, I guess everyone doesn't do that, but I've learned to start, I've had to learn to do that in order to kind of grow the offerings that I'm having to be able to grow the, the reach that I, you know, I want people to have access to these things. I don't want it to be something that only a limited amount of people can have. And I know that I'm only going to be able to offer that by more people knowing that it exists so that they can help me subsidize for folks who can't necessarily afford that. Because that is one thing I didn't mention with the retreats. I always um, offer at least one free BIPOC spot because I think I'm constantly reminded over the years when I've walked into spaces and I'm like, no one else here looks like me. How do I change that? Like, how can I be a small piece of change in, in this wellness space? And so every single retreat, there is always at least one spot that's offered. And even with all of my offerings, like I don't like to turn people away. Like I don't want that to be a reason why someone can't access a Reiki session or a sound healing session. So, um, perfectionism has been a way by which I'm also able to do that because I'm no longer like getting caught in the, like, I can't do this yet. I'm just going to try. And then I'll refine as I go and make changes as I go. I love that. And I love that you're sharing that here because we've been taught this unattainable standard of perfection that keeps creatives, entrepreneurs, spiritual you know, teachers, mystics from stepping out until they're ready. And it's like, none of us are ready, ready. We step out, we may have fear, but we do it anyway. And it gets easier and easier and easier. And then, like you said, we refine and we adjust. What are some of the gifts that you've leaned into? 
Yeah. Um, well, actually one last one, I promise this is the last one is the guilt and shame one. I was thinking about this. I think about this a lot because I, a lot of the people that come to me, they're at the point in their lives where maybe they're, they're like just early into motherhood. They're about to enter into motherhood or are well on their path to motherhood. And something that I've struggled with over the years is this journey started at the same time that I became a mother. And I knew that I really wanted to learn but that meant that I was going to have to like I was going to have to exchange hours at home with being in a training. At the same time, working a full time job that did require travel of how to carve out the time for myself um, to to have these self care practices, but to also to be able. It, it's tied to the answer. I promise. Oh, I believe <laughs> you. you. I'm the, I've got yeah. time. I've got time. So I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, it's all good. It's all good too. Everything you're sharing is amazing. yeah, and how it all ties into the gifts that I know that I wanted to learn how to harness, and a big part of that was also removing the guilt and shame that comes along with that guilt and shame in so many different layers, right? But the layer that I'm talking about specifically right now is this guilt and shame of taking time for ourselves to take care of ourselves, to really give ourselves the nourishment that we need to not be the martyr. Like, I think we all have seen in our own lives, like the people that play the martyr role, like they're not happy and they're not serving anyone because they're they're pouring from an empty cup and you feel that it's empty because you're usually on the receiving end of, them not nourishing themselves. And so I really do think in the last couple of months and even the last couple of years, I've had to work through guilt and shame of wanting to take care of myself, of wanting to be able to learn about the gifts that I have and how to create containers for other people to work through their own, you know, self-growth, their own self-discovery. And so when I think about the gifts that I've leaned into, um, I mean, they're like practical ones that I, I think by nature, just because of who I am, I've always had, like, I'm pretty organized. I, I love to have a systematic way to get something done. That's the Virgo in me, but I'm also, (laughs) um, but I'm also, and I'm also a generator. So like I can go, 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 go endlessly like if I'm really lit up by something that I'm working on and um but in terms of the actual gifts something that I would say not until very recently that I've I've started to learn how to really harness is my intuition of really learning to listen to it learning the different indicators that I have around my intuition not only in the physical body but through dreamland, right? They're listening to my dreams and trusting that knowing feeling that comes through, which for me is very rooted in my body. It's um, even when I'm doing like a Reiki session and things are like, I'm shown things or I hear things. So like working with all of the different senses, that's been something I've been trying to learn. And that's why I've been so excited to work with you to be able to learn how to evolve those and to really harness them in a way that is going to not only serve me, but also serve the people that are coming to me. Um, And the other gifts, I, I feel like only recently that I've really started to learn how to channel stuff that's coming from my ancestors and 
I had the most beautiful, I don't know if you remember this because you do so many sessions, but we did a session together a couple of weeks ago. Um, and you had me meet some of my ancestors and it it's allowed me to access channeling in a way that I didn't have before. And it reconnected me with a great, great grandmother that I've never, I never got to meet in, in, in this physical world, right. In this lifetime, but she showed herself to me so vividly in that hypnosis session. And I had the validation. And so I think that's a big part of it too, is like, the more I learn to work with my gifts and the validation that I receive allows me to reduce the questioning that I think I've inherently had on my life. And after we had that session, so I saw her and I had never seen a picture of her before. Um, two weeks later, I was with some of my tias at a family gathering and I asked them, cause my mom didn't have a picture. I asked them, do any of you guys have a picture of Mamita's mom? And one of them pulled out her phone and of course starts going through it. And she shows it to me. And I, cause I, before I even said it to her, I was like, did she have, did she wear her hair with a part down the middle and two braids, like two braids down. And I like describe her, she shows me the picture and it was her. And I was so, so happy because it was like another way to connect um, and to have the validation that to not question what I was seeing, hearing, and feeling in the session with you. And even when I do, you know, connect when I'm sitting in front of my altar space or when I'm connecting through meditation of and asking to receive these messages from my ancestors. So I think a lot of it is almost like I've learned how to flip the on switch. And now I'm just trying to learn how to fine tune the messages and signals that are coming through. And so I feel like that's what I've been leaning into a lot more recently. Oh my God. I love that so much. Um, and I love that you got that picture and you got like the validation and that's okay to do. Like a lot of us are afraid to ask for that, but we can ask spirit also directly. I would like to have a validation within the next mm -hmm. week, 48 hours or so. Right. And maybe it won't happen exactly because spirit time is different, but I mean, you went through the experience and then it came, but we can ask for that as well. Where can people find you? Where can people find you, Joanna? If yep. they want to follow you, find you, work with you. Yep. So my website is lunaserenity.com and you can find me. I'm the most active on Instagram. It's at lunaserenityyoga. I also have a Facebook account. I'm not going to lie. I don't go on there that often, um, but I do have one if that's the only channel that you're on. And um, website and IG are probably going to be the best ways to get me. And don't forget to register for that free event. It's um, also come celebrate my birthday with me. My birthday is three days later. So I hope to see you guys there. Yeah, it's August 27th, right? August 27th is the day of the free virtual event. Okay, great. So we're going to have the information in the body of this podcast episode. And thank you all. Please share the podcast. Please follow Joanna. Please dive deep, trust your intuition. And I really, I think that you probably feel the same way by just listening, getting to know Joanna about how real she is, how true she is, how grounded she is, and um, that she is the perfect guide for you to dive deeper, whether in person or online, into your self-love journey, into your ancestral and intuitive journey of reclaiming all of that beautiful goodness. So, muchas gracias a todos. Thank you, Joanna. Thank you.